What's up, what's good? It's Tim O in your hood. Thank you for joining us on Mr. Meaningful Work Retain, a big energy conversation about engaging and retaining your people. Today, we are joined by the Andy Storch. This guy is a boss in every sense of the word, and I was lucky enough to be introduced to him by my great friend, Rena Freedom Watts of the Better Call Daddy podcast. Andy is an author, speaker, trainer on the topic of owning your career. He runs a wildly successful community called the Talent Development Think Tank that has so many members and are so engaged. He runs three successful podcasts called The Talent Development Hot Seat, The Andy Stort Show, and even more recently, My NFT Journey. All of this after being an amazing cancer survivor. I cannot wait for you to enjoy all the things that I learned from our conversation. But before we get started though, I want to give a very special shout out to the sponsors of this season of the Retain Podcast, Spark. They are an engagement and recognition tool, and we all know that engagement and recognition is at the core of reducing turnover and increasing retention. And Spark has found the magic sauce that blends industry-verified research, human-centeredness, and cutting-edge technology to help leaders connect with their teams in ways that inspire them to stay. Check them out at sparkco.com slash work. That is S-P-A-R-C-K-Co.com slash work, and let them know that I sent you. But for now, let's get into the show. All right, so I am here with the the well-traveled, the well-connected, the dude. You are you are probably like one of the most connected people that I've ever run into in the talent development space. Would you agree that you are the most connected person that you know? Uh, I don't know if I'd agree with that. I mean, <laughs> you and I just met, and you're making this observation, which is very flattering, because one of my goals is. To be one of the most ta- uh, to be the most connected person in talent development, um, I do a lot of connecting, a lot of networking, uh, both within and outside talent development. Networking is one of my things that I'm known for. I know you're going to ask what yeah. I'm famous for. It's one of the yeah. things that I'm definitely known for. I have two chapters in my book about it, uh, and I and I try to live it uh, as I've been doing for more than a decade now, and it has resulted. Um, I've been very fortunate to make a lot of great friends and meet a lot of really cool people like you. Uh, and had some really awesome conversations along the way. Dude, all of that, we are here with Andy Storch on the Mr. Meaningful Work Retain podcast. So we are excited. We are starting something fun. We are starting something new. We are going to ask in my previous podcast for anybody that has been following Mr. Meaningful Work and on the late afternoon show, I always ask folks, what are you famous for? But did you know that that actually, I made an acronym for that. So W-R-U-F-F, rough. All right. So I'm going to, oh, oh, he already got it. So I want my guests to give me their biggest big dog to get us started and then tell us what they're famous for. Go. Here we go. That's a big dog. That's a big dog. Bring in the big dog. Here we go. Uh, I, I, you know, Tim, I'm famous for a few things. If yeah. you allow me to share a couple of things, uh, number one, you know, the biggest thing that I'm, I'm building a brand around is I published a book 
uh, about 18 months ago called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And uh, I want to be recognized as essentially the most prominent speaker and expert out there in the career development space. And definitely I'm building a brand around that. A lot of people coming to me uh, on this topic of career development and especially owning your career and taking control of your future. Uh, I am known for networking, as we talked about earlier. Uh, I'm known for this idea of personal brand, which is in the book. Uh, I am known by many people in my network for overcoming cancer in 2021. I had testicular cancer uh, (laughs) (laughs) at the same time as I published the book, Uh, went through that treatment, shared that journey publicly, and uh, with the idea that I would hopefully inspire a lot of other people completely healthy now and continue to share that journey, put a document together to help other people that are going through cancer. And uh, I'll leave you with a funny one. For a long time, I was known uh, throughout my network and following because I used to do push-ups and yoga and all kinds of things in airports while I was traveling just to like kind of show off and, and really prove, yeah. I would put a video online to show people that like, nobody really cares what you're doing. We're always <laughs> worried about, we're always worried people are watching us. Yeah. And uh, at one day I was flying from Orlando where I live up to New York for a client meeting. I was wearing a suit. Uh, it was like six in the morning and I was doing some air squats in the airport. In a suit? In a suit, uh, in a tight suit. <laughs> And and I had the video going and I actually split my pants and I still took the video and put it on to Instagram and Facebook. And I became known by a lot of people for the guy who was doing squats in the airport and split his pants and still shared the story. Luckily, I had like a pair of jeans in my suitcase and I put those on for the client meeting, did not make it in the suit. Oh, I love it. I love the fact. I love it when people are you know they don't take themselves too seriously um i mean i mean look at that contrast there where it's like i want to be the best i'm going to be Mm -hmm. the name in career development you know tell you know that space like i'm going to be that guy when you think of career development you think andy storch but at the same time i can still do squats and split my pants in an airport and still be cool and still have fun with it like That's right. That's I, it's right. it, two, my, my, my leader at Adventist health always says two things can be true at the same time. And I think that's, that's, right. that's, that's, that's that. And if we can't have fun in life, then, yeah. you know, and laugh a little bit, then, yeah. you know, what's the point? So I, yeah. you know, I try to have a lot of fun with these things. In fact, you and I were talking about, uh, I recently took a trip to London for a conference and I flew through for Frankfurt like a couple of days for a couple of days. And I flew back through the Frankfurt airport in Frankfurt, Germany. And I had done this like push-ups and yoga in the Frankfurt airport yeah. three years ago, back before traveling, you know, we were traveling. So I, I went for it again this time and did some yoga, you know, where there are hundreds of people around and I, you look at the video, it's like, nobody's watching me, yeah. which I do just to prove that like, we think that, you know, we're so worried about what people think about us. Yeah. And most of the time, everybody's focused on their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's in their own world. One of the things I was talking to some students uh, in Nebraska a few weeks ago, and I was asking the question, Hey, what are you famous for? And one of the girls says that she does a lot of TikTok and she does a lot mm. of Instagram. And I asked the whole class, I was like, one of my favorite, or I told them one of my favorite things to do is to see TikTokers in the wild. Like, yeah. the phone, like, <laughs> like they got the phone do, out and they're like doing something. Yes. Doing, but the funny thing, like when you find it, like there is such a level of conscious, like they're looking like this is like, oh, this is, you know, who's looking like who's seeing, yeah. like, am I doing this thing right? Like they're either right. trying to like be in a secret corner somewhere. Yeah. Um, it but is kind like, of funny that the the juxtaposition there, like 
they're creating something that they're hoping that thousands or maybe even yes, millions but while they're online. doing it and yet while they're doing it, they're looking around like i hope nobody near me sees me doing this and laughs at me what does because, that say like i'm sure there's a whole case study that can be done about that yeah. that that perspective oh, right the there. psychology and the fear of judgment <laughs> and everything when like I see someone, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like, yeah. let me, you know, let, yeah. let me let me get involved in this. Yeah, exactly. Just photobomb and it's like, yeah, I can get in on that, on that right. dance too. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good. Well, thank you so much. So another thing that we're gonna be doing, so we're gonna be talking about retention. So that's the whole point of this retain podcast, taking some of the principles that we've learned over the last little bit on meaningful work, but targeting it, trying to help HR leaders, people yeah. leaders. <laughs> create teams that are motivated to stay, like talking about engagement, talking about, you know, what are some of the best practices around that? Um, but we also want to be conscious about what's going on in our world right now. So one of the things that we're going to do, I'm just going to open up my Twitter. I'm going to open up my Twitter and see what is trending. I'm opening and as well. You're going to open yours as well. Let's That's see right. if we have the same. So we're just going to talk about what's going on in our world, what's going on in culture these days. Um, I'm going to pick a topic here. So we have, uh, let's see, let's see. Oh, <laughs> what do you got? I have, I think it's just based on like who I follow my curation here. Yeah, so, I think it is. Cause my stuff I, is all, yeah. Yeah. So I have, um, Johnny Depp is trending. Okay. After Johnny Depp testifies in his libel lawsuit against ex-wife Amber Heard on Tuesday, he says Johnny Depp takes a stand against his ex-wife, who he says falsely accused him of domestic abuse. What is hmm. a lie? Do you know anything about uh, law? What's, do you know what libel libel lawsuit? Uh, he's, he's liable as in he's responsible for something that happened. That's all I know. I, I don't, I don't know what's going Probably. on with Johnny Depp. I don't really follow the pop, the pop culture. What, what's, what's trending on your side? I guess maybe I do a lot of entertainment stuff. What's trending on your yeah, side? Yeah, I don't follow any entertainment stuff. Um, I am big into, I, this is another thing that I've become famous for in my network that I didn't even mention. I'm, I'm very into NFTs, web three, cryptocurrency, okay. blockchain, non-fungible okay. tokens. I've invested a ton into NFTs. I started a podcast about NFTs. Yeah. Um, I'm I never used Twitter before I got into Web3. Yeah. But well, that's how I'm you on, that's how you get and you see now I'm on NFT. I'm on Twitter every day because that's yeah. where NFT world lives. That's where it's crypto Twitter, they call yeah. it. Uh, Are you so, on yeah, Discord my, as well? Sorry? Are you in Discord as well? Oh yeah, I'm in tons of Discord. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I spend more time on Twitter. So yeah, my yeah. Twitter. Uh, trending. There's something about OpenSea, which is sort of like the eBay for NFTs. Yeah. Uh, USDT, which is uh, like a, a cryptocurrency pegged to the dollar. Uh, of course, there's promoted trending about the bad guys, which I guess is a new movie. Oh, I wanted to. Um, I want to see that so bad. I go and watch cartoons by myself without my kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess you know, there's a lot of stuff still going on with COVID. Yeah. And uh, you know, the airlines really, you know, the Biden administration dropped mask mandates for airlines. Meanwhile, it's ramping up in some states. And of course, I live in Florida, yeah. where our governor is famously against all any and all restrictions. So. Yeah. That's definitely trending right here of like Floridians response to this stuff. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. How would you, how would, if you were just to give like a quick advice in all of your research around NFTs yeah. and then we'll yeah. we'll talk to, you know, what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Uh, when I got into the space, a thing that folks are really scared of is this idea mm -hmm. of a rug pull. Yeah. Um, 
Could you just like really quickly, like explain like, what is a rug pull? And if you were to yep. say like one thing, like what to look for as yep. a red flag to avoid a rug pull, what would that be? Yeah. And let me back it up for a second for those that are just not into this space or familiar with this space as to why I think you should be paying attention. Yeah. Um, if web 1.0 was the dawn of the internet in 1998, 99, 2000, 2001, um, where, you know, the Ebays and Amazons of the world all got started and completely changed the way we work and live. Yeah. If you can even try to imagine living a day without the internet right now, it, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, web 2.0 was the dawn of social media, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, the way we essentially communicate and network and meet people. I think you and I met on LinkedIn or mm -hmm. it was through a connection on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, web 3.0 is um, the advent of, of blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, NFTs. And I strongly believe that it is absolutely changing the world in the same way that the internet did and that everything is moving towards this space. And so even if you don't plan on, oh, I don't want to invest in NFTs or I heard about it and I think it's a scam or a fraud, which we'll talk about the rug pull. Um, I think you, it's worth paying attention to if you yeah. want to be up on what's going on with business, because if you work for a company, your company is going to be getting into Web3 yep. in some way or another in the near future. Yep. They're going to be releasing non-fungible tokens. They're going to be doing something on the blockchain. Like it's yep. all coming and we're all heading towards the metaverse. I don't know where that is. Yeah. So don't run away from it. Research it. Look into it. At least, you know, try to be conversationally educated. Um, I've invested a lot in NFTs. It's the wild, wild west. There's tons oh, yeah. and tons of scams. You really yeah. do have to be careful. Uh, so a rug pull, if you imagine someone pulling the rug out from under you, right, in a physical fashion, mm -hmm. um, an NFT world means that um, someone put something up to try to get money from you and then they ran away with your money. The project was a scam. The thing you invested yeah. in didn't exist. Um, or, you know, they set it up as kind of really what's called a cash grab. Like they just wanted to make money and then the founders disappear, run away. And, and there's really not much you can do about it. Right. Yeah. So the way you protect yourself from things like that, and it's, it's not, it's not foolproof, but, yeah. um, they always say, do your own research. D Y O R is very popular in the NFT yeah. world. Um, follow, you know, talk to other people on Twitter and discord, see what's yeah. going on, do research on the founders. Um, there's a whole trend right now where, uh, a lot of founders of projects and companies are anonymous in Web mm. three, something that we never saw in you know Web one and Web two. Yeah. Um, but then there's a trend where you know people are saying, "I only want to invest in in projects that the founders are quote doxed, doxed which means we yeah. know who they are, yeah. right?" And I am in that camp. I don't want to invest in anything where I don't know who the founders are. Yeah. So it's less likely they're going to run away. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, make some friends in the space that you trust and ask yeah. them what they're doing, what they're investing in. Uh, and then the last thing is before you ever click on a link from anyone, first of all, don't even ever click on a link from never anybody. Never click that you don't on the know. links in the DMs. Never, never, never. Never click on links. If someone in the DMs. sends you a message, a direct message, an email, just like your company says, like, don't send, click on suspicious yeah. links. Yeah. Like if, if someone says that your uncle in Nigeria died and left you a million dollars, yeah. like it's not don't true. Do it. It's not true. Don't do if it. someone sends you a DM and says you won this NFT or this amount yeah. of money or cryptocurrency, whatever, it's not true. If it sounds yeah. too good to be true, it is not, it's not true. Yeah. Don't click on things and always double, triple, quadruple check. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's just tons and tons of scams. I see it every yeah. day, people losing money um, because they're not being smart about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the summary of that, like this Web3, NFTs, Metaverse, like blockchain, it is the wave that is coming. That is the, yep. the, the more, it's the wave that is coming, but do your research, be careful, create connections, yep. you know, build a network. 
um, and and then see how you want to, you know, dip your toes, dip your feet, you know, and, and jump in there. But it's coming. Whether you like it or not, you can be at the this part of the curve, here in the curve, or wait till yeah. it hits, you know, yeah. on the other and, end. And, where- and then we're going we're gonna to talk about culture and retention. But if people yeah. want to do more research, they want to learn more, I do have a podcast called My NFT Journey. I started it in November. We're uh, about 45 episodes in, I think, depending on when you publish this. Nice. Um, and I cover a lot of the basics. I have interviews with people covering a lot of the basics, sharing their journeys. And you can just listen to that and learn. You don't have to go buy anything, um, but it's good to be aware. My NFT Journey. You guys go check that out. Andy is out here dropping the gems, dropping his experience. Thank you so much. Um, so what we're talking about today, we're talking about retention. We're talking about engagement. Um, you do a lot of work in talent development, um, in career development and owning your career. You have a book about it. Um, so if you were to look at what takes a lion's share of your calendar, if you were to look at your calendar, mm. it's like, Hey, what am I doing most of the time, if not all the time? And yeah. how does that map to helping folks feel more engaged in the work that they're doing? or feel motivated to stay in the job that you're, how would, how would you, how would you map that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm doing a lot of different things. I have yeah. three podcasts, a business, all that stuff. I run a membership community for talent development professionals called the talent development think tank. You, you've yeah. come to a yeah. couple of our calls. Phenomenal um, guests, by the way, yeah. the think tank, the talent development think tank, phenomenal community. I mean, just a highly engaged, highly collaborative. And then the caliber of speakers that Andy is able to get to come to these things is just out of this world. So just a shout out to, um, what do you call it? Like TDT, TDT, TDTT, yeah, TDTT.us is our website. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. You've been my hype man. I'll take you everywhere I go. <laughs> I saw it, I saw it in real life. Thing. Yeah, we've had you in there. We're going to get you to come back and speak too about culture and meaningful hey, work. And, I'm here for it. You know, you can tell me whether, whether people can decide whether that ups the caliber of speakers or that brings... <laughs> <laughs> down. Like it's a, we'll let yeah. them decide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let the people, but, let the people say. Yeah. But a great topic. And, uh, but the, the bulk of my work that where my big focus is right now is working with organizations to improve retention, to improve engagement and to inspire their people to take ownership of their careers. That means mm. taking full responsibility, getting clarity on their vision and goals and where they want to go and doing things to set themselves up for future success, including having more significant conversations with their managers and mentors about where they're going in their career and what type of work they're doing. The challenge that I'm seeing out there and working with so many different organizations, what I'm hearing, um, a lot of people are feeling a little bit frustrated in their careers. They don't feel like they're getting the guidance that they want. Um, They don't know that there's really growth opportunities for them within the organization they work for. Uh, And the number one thing people want is growth and contribution. That's what people want, right? To feel fulfilled in their career, no matter what they're doing. Those are the top things they want. And if they're not having a conversation with their manager about it, then the easier thing to do is to go onto LinkedIn or take a call from a recruiter, right? And we are in the middle of the so-called great resignation or great reshuffle. Absolutely. If you, especially if you work in tech or healthcare yeah. mm-hmm. or you know a growing industry, like people are moving around, there are opportunities everywhere. And so they don't have to stay that long. But, but if they were to take the time to get intentional and get clarity about what they wanted to do and have that conversation with their manager or someone in their company, what we find is like 
many of these companies, especially if it's a bigger company with say five, 10,000 plus employees, there are so many opportunities so to many. do different things. Yeah. And the company could keep them yeah. if they could engage them in that conversation. So that's my mission right now is to inspire more people to take ownership of their careers and to find fulfilling and meaningful work uh, mm. to borrow from what you're doing. Uh, because you know, everybody does different things. They have different dreams. Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur like I am, yeah. but I think everybody wants and deserves to have a happy life and a fulfilling career. Very interesting point. Would you say that the onus rests on the individual or the associate or the frontline person and taking ownership? Like, Hey, how do I find these different mm -hmm. opportunities, you know, to grow, to develop, or is that the responsibility of the leader? Like who should own that? Yeah, I think it's 50-50 between, okay. uh, or even you could say a third, a third, a third between the individual, the manager and the company, right? Mm. Um, because we want the individuals to take ownership of their career, take responsibility to figure out where you want to go. But most of the time, if you don't have support from your manager or the organization, you're not going to be able to do anything, right? I have yeah. a personal story from my own career. More than a decade ago, I worked for an insurance company and um, I, I wasn't that fulfilled in the role. I was in a, like a role as a data analyst and it wasn't really fitting my strengths. I figured I was more of a people person. And I went to my manager and I brought this up and said, you know, I think it might be beneficial for both sides if I spent more time in the field working with agents and using my people skills. Yeah. Um, and he basically said, no, get back to work. Right. And there wow. was nothing else I could do. Right. And so at that point I knew I'm actually grateful he did because mm -hmm. I knew that I couldn't stay there and I needed to move on. And that led me to find a new opportunity that turned out to be my dream job and career after that. So yeah. it worked out quite well, led me to get you know to where I am today. Wow! But as I tell people all the time, if he had said, yeah, let's figure that out, let's create yeah. something for you, I might still be working there today. And that was yeah. like 13 years ago, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity for companies and organizations to support people. Um, I think the, the employees, the associates, need to take responsibility for where they're going to go and not just wait for other people, yeah. but they need support from their managers. And of course, people want to work for organizations that are providing them with development opportunities, growth yeah. opportunities to say, Hey, Tim, here's a class that you could take to improve your skills. Or, mm. um, I know you've been working in this role for two years. You might be getting bored. Here's another, here's a rotation. Here's something else you could be doing. Here's a new yeah. challenge for you. So I think everybody needs to be involved in this. Um, it's not just the individual, but at the same time, if the individual employee doesn't take that responsibility, doesn't take the ownership and never initiates that conversation, yeah. they're never likely never going to get the support that they want. And they're always going to be, you know, kind of drifting through their career. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the, I, I like the, that the responsibility is not just all on one. Like there's mm -hmm. definitely shared responsibility, the organization, the infrastructure that's been created that, yep. you know, allows for these types of conversations to, you know, to happen, the support that they give to the leaders, and then obviously yep. the leaders that trickle across um, to the associates. Um, so the, to the point of, you know, this great resignation where, you know, talent is moving all over the place. Um, and, you know, I think there's a conversation to be had about the folks that are left, right? So as organizations are a little bit more, you know, cash strapped, um, yeah. given the impact of the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. some folks were affected, you know, more than others, and they had to either be intentional about, you know, layoffs and things like that, um, or folks who are just frustrated and decide to leave. So you have folks that are left yeah. that either have to do the same amount of work or more mm -hmm. because the, the talent pool is, is, is less there. What would you say to those organizations that 
have those employees that are left over, but are still cash strapped, but want to be able to, um, you know, engage with their folks, but they just don't, they don't have the, you know, the fiscal resources, you know, folks are kind of tired or burned out. Like what, what are some advice for for those kind of folks? Well, first of all, I'm going to challenge what you said there, because I think a lot of companies are doing very well right now and they have money and resources Mm. uh, in many industries, right? Depends on the industry. Again, like I mentioned, technology, healthcare, um, engineering, like I talked to somebody this week from a construction firm and they are just coming out of having some hard times as they're still operating a little bit lean, but at the same time, they're having trouble filling roles, hiring Mm. engineers because Mm. they laid people off. And now all of a sudden things are growing and they're signing these big contracts and they need more work. They need, uh, they need more workers, right? They've got to do more and better things to attract the right kind of people. Uh, so I think there are certainly there are organizations out there that are still in a, in a tight spot and some industries that might still be struggling. Um, but I think more than we realize have the resources that they're willing to commit to developing and, and providing these opportunities for their people. That said, I think, you know, the most important thing that can have an impact in all of this um, that almost costs nothing is, is having more conversations, right? Mm, is yeah. getting curious and it has, and, and of course, you know, I say almost costs nothing. Like if you need to train your managers how to have these conversations, like certainly that yeah. requires resources. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing. Like if we go back two years to 2020, um, besides the pandemic, we also had a huge challenge that we dealt with, right? In the social justice movement, yes. right? Yeah. And what was the biggest solution that came out of that? Oh, we need to talk to our employees. Like, <laughs> let's ask our black employees yeah. what they want yeah. and do they feel like they're included in the culture yeah. Yeah. or what sort of things are they seeing yeah. that makes them feel not included? Why yeah. do they feel marginalized and yeah. actually have conversations that has led to so much more awareness. Yeah. Um, you know, such a shift. It's not like we've solved the world's problems, right? Yeah. And of course, you probably have a stronger opinion, more experience with that than I do, right? No. But um, but I've seen so much more conversation about it and yeah. things have improved greatly. So asking people questions, what do you want to see in your mm. career? I'm, I'm seeing a trend right now, a positive trend in organizations that are, I'm getting on more and more calls with clients. They're talking to me about doing stay interviews, mm-hmm. stay conversations, right? And yeah. I remember the first time I heard about this a few years ago at a conference. So for those that haven't heard, instead of just doing exit interviews, people walking out the door and they're like, hey, Tim, why are you leaving? Well, I feel like I'm not included in the culture. Well, crap, we should have done something about that, right? Yeah. Um, instead, interview people now and ask them, yeah. why are you still here? Yeah. Are you thinking about leaving? What do you think yeah. you think's missing? What do you think we yeah. could do better? Um, you know, Do more surveys. And then you can find out a lot of what you need to do. And some of it may not cost that much money, yeah. um, but you don't really know until you have the answers. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that is quite simply the most straightforward and probably most cost efficient. Um, and it's real. The only thing that costs is intention, right? Mm. It takes intentional and it is going to be uncomfortable. I think that's, yeah. it's easier to throw money at things, right? <laughs> and hey, yeah. go, go to this training or go read this thing or what have you versus actually being the one to have those uncomfortable conversations Mm -hmm. to listen without necessarily having the solution. I think as a leader, um, you know, we want to fix, right? It's like, okay, I'm hearing we want to fix, but how do you listen to understand, understand what's not being said, really empathize. um, And that's the real cost because um, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Recognize this is very hard and it's scary. 
yeah. or managers, right? Yeah. I've heard this week someone say to me, well, a lot of our managers are not having the conversation because they're afraid that if they open it up, their employee is going to ask for a promotion or they don't have a promotion for them. So then yeah. what do they say? Yeah. And it's like, well, first, all you're doing is asking questions. They can say they want a promotion. You can say, well, let me get back to you or yeah. like, you know, let me give you some feedback or let me tell you where we are. Yeah. Um, you could be honest about the situation, but yeah. you don't even know what they want until you yeah. ask that question. Maybe they don't yeah. care about a promotion. Yeah, I talked to somebody else pressed. this week or last week who told me I have no interest in a promotion or my boss's job. I want to do what I'm doing right now. And there's a lot yes. of people like that. Yes. And I think trust allows for those, what those conversations do, what those active listing, you know, two-way conversations do is that it builds trust and yeah. trust gives uh, a lot of grace, right? So yes, somebody might be looking for a promotion, might be looking for the next step, but based on the conversations, based on the trust that is given um, and that is received, they can understand, okay, I see where we are as an organization, or I know like these are some of the next things that need to happen. And there's more grace that's extended. There's more time that's extended versus um, someone that doesn't have that. And they have to be very black and white or feel like they're holding back um, mm -hmm a promotion or holding back something that they feel is owed to them. So it really just, it really just opens that up. Um, so in your book, own your career, own your life. First of all, how, how congratulations on being an author. I can't wait. I can't wait to put that comma next to my little title of like da 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 da, -da author. So you got That's that right. now. That's right. And I put it out there. I put it out there all the time. I let people know. I don't, I don't author. hide from it. I'm, I'm owning it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which takes a little time in the beginning to get used yeah. to like, Oh, I am an author. I wrote a yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in it now. So when, um, so as you're writing, as you're putting the chapters together and you're thinking about, Hey, what do I want folks to walk away with yeah. from this book? Like when they put this down, mm -hmm. what are they thinking? What are they saying? What are they doing? Yeah. Well, first of all, I've walked this journey. Like I was drifting through my twenties. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I ran into many challenges. I had the experience where I asked my manager for a different type of role and was told no, right. I had yeah. jobs after jobs that didn't fit my strengths or skills. Didn't know where I was going to go. Um, got lucky getting into, um, like I mentioned that dream job later, getting into consulting. Yeah. And then I discovered, I did a lot of work um, starting in 2016, where I got really into personal development, a lot of work on myself, a lot of reading, um, hiring coaches and joining mastermind groups and going to conferences and just studying everything I could to figure out where I want to go. And I ended up designing and building a business and a career as an entrepreneur for me, um, that was exactly what I want. That is a mm. creating a life that I love and a career that is meaningful for me doing work, yeah. very meaningful work. Right. Yeah. And I want that for other people. Now yeah. it doesn't mean, like I said earlier, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. In fact, right. many clients have told me like, I could never do that. Yeah. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. Right? What I just want is to help people find, you know, de de design and have a meaningful career and, and fulfilling yeah. work. So what I put together with this book on your career, on your life is the framework for that. It's the mm -hmm. guidebook to developing, to owning your career and having um, developing that meaningful career, that fulfilling career. Um, it starts with owning your career, which is setting a vision, connecting to a purpose, making a plan, setting goals, getting really intentional about how you're spending your time and going out to achieve those goals, yeah. taking responsibility and making sure that you're asking for and getting help mm. along the way and not trying to do things on your own. Um, the middle section of the book is about preparing for the future and the three big things that people can be doing to prepare for the future because future of work, things are changing fast. We have no idea what might be coming around the bend. 2020 yeah. showed us that like anything can happen, right? And we yeah. just have no idea. 
But there are certain things we can be doing now to set ourselves up for future success. Number one is invest in continuous learning. Yeah. Always be learning about new trends and things that are going on so that you don't get disrupted. You want to yeah. stay relevant yeah. to your industry because you yeah. can't do that if you're just staying static. Uh, number two is building your network. Um, you know, going out, meeting new people, um, reinforcing relationships you have with people because you never know where that next opportunity is going to come from. Almost yep. every job and business opportunity I've gotten in my career has come from my network. Mm -hmm. uh, and number three is building your personal brand mm -hmm. um, because your brand is essentially your reputation. It's going to help you uh, find other opportunities in the future as well. Yep. And then the third section is about owning your life. Uh, there's a lot about mindset and developing an ownership mindset, a growth mindset to help set you up for future success, um, how to prioritize your time to achieve your goals, how to deal with comparison, which I think is something that many or all of us deal 100%. with, imposter syndrome related yeah. to that, um, and just how to stay on track and, and achieve big things. And, and I just learned from all the things that I've done and tried, uh, and I cite all the resources, all the books that I've read. I don't pretend yeah. to you know, invent or create any of this stuff. It's just here are the things that have worked for me. And I want to help other people with that as well. What would you say was the hardest chapter to write? You know, I was surprised at how well this flowed. When I set mm. out, I, I put a framework and outline together based on a couple of talks I had given in mm -hmm. the previous year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, things kind of flowed together. Um, the hardest, there were a couple of things. One, uh, I wrote a chapter where I kind of like try to throw in all the other things that could help you achieve your goals and ended up yeah. being way too long. And uh, <laughs> a book in and of itself. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. My wife, yeah. who, uh, I gave it to my wife to review and she came back and said like, this chapter is a book. You're going to have to take it out and publish yeah. it separate book. And that hurt. Right. Yeah. But it, what I needed to do, cause I didn't want the book to be too long because yeah. books that are too long are like, yeah. ah, I'm not going to finish this. Yeah. I want people to get through it and finish it. Um, that was hard. The other one that was kind of funny is I wrote a chapter about comparison mm -hmm. and how I've dealt with it and the things I've done to overcome comparison. As I was writing that chapter, I remember going on LinkedIn to check something out and uh, saw the profile of someone I've been following who had been achieving a lot of success recently and completely went down the rabbit hole of comparing myself to them and wondering why they were getting more followers and engagement on LinkedIn than I was. Oh I was man. Literally in the middle of writing a chapter about comparison, I was like, this is ridiculous, but it proves that like, we're all on this journey, right? We're yes. all figuring this stuff out and nobody is perfect, right? Yeah. Maybe I've figured out some solutions that have worked better for me than others, but I'm still doing this work every day to try to, you know, and I'm out there, I'm connected with so many influential people who are doing some awesome stuff, which means yeah. I've got to daily like combat that, like, nope, not comparing myself to them. I'm learning yeah. from them. I'm going to be inspired by them and I'm going to do my own thing. And that's yeah. what you got to do to get out of the comparison cycle. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, I've heard a lot of authors say that often, more often than not, the books that are written are for the author. Like I'm writing this yeah. either oh, yeah. through myself or for myself. I remember reading Atomic Habits, mm, uh, you know, James Clear and his podcast on Brene Brown. And he was like, I still, I still use these principles for right. me, right? Yeah. Like, you know, in, in, in building this repetition and the triggers and the rewards and all those things. And so yeah. it's not like it's- uh, Everything it's a, I do, every, my book- Every post that I put on LinkedIn is for yeah. me. I'm just reminding yeah. myself of things. Yeah. And if anybody gets value from that, like, come on, like, let, yeah. let's go. The number one thing, this is, this is like, you know, the number one piece of feedback I hear from people, uh, kind words I hear from people who've read my book say, yeah. 
I love your book. I wish I had it when I was younger. And my response is always, yeah, me too. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> That's why I wrote it now. Yeah. Right. The best exactly. time to plant, like I said, the best time to plant a tree was what, 20 years ago? The That's second right. best time is now. So today, That's we, right. we, we, we got that. Um, so we'll wrap up with this, Andy. Thank you so much for, for, for sharing your thoughts and insights with all the organizations that you have worked with, the individuals, the clients that you've worked with around um, owning their career and engagement and retention and things like that. Um, you talked a little bit about trends um, before. If you were to pick one trend that you see um, coming up in the engagement or retention space, mm -hmm. um, what do you think? What do you think folks need to be focused on um, yeah. in the next, let's say, you know, three, four years, maybe even five sure. years? So I mean, one thing is we, we've talked about listening, right? Being curious and listening. And I think right. that mm -hmm. to what we're going to see a lot more um, personalized learning uh, and things like that, that will create plans for people personally. That's not everything's about this one big training program and that sort of thing. Um, but re related to retention, uh, the one big trend that I'm seeing is a lot of companies are trying to figure out uh, the talent marketplace right now and how to improve talent mobility and create a platform and awareness and possibilities for more people to move around. This is mostly for mm -hmm. larger companies, let's say mm -hmm. at least 5,000 plus employees, right? But an opportunity for people to be able to move around and instead of going on LinkedIn and looking for that next job to say, oh, I've done this for a couple of years. Let me see what else I could do. Here are my skills. Here's yeah. my experience. Here's what I bring to the table. Here's what I'm curious about. And be able to find another position inside the company that's not necessarily a promotion. Maybe it's a lateral move. You know, yeah. people talk more about the jungle gym now instead of the ladder, uh, but be able to find other opportunities. And there are a lot of companies that are working on figuring that out. Uh, I think it starts with the mindset and awareness and, and helping people really understand. And that's where I come in on owning your career. Uh, then there's also uh, the technology and having the platform to you know, help people and enable people to be able to move around. You've got to have support from leadership and managers you know, who are not hoarding their talent, but instead yeah. are looking for ways to um, empower and enable their talent to be more successful in their careers. Uh, and then I've seen um, uh, one client of mine, they've gone as far as to not only create a platform uh, using technology, uh, provide coaching to everybody, um, but also uh, actually bring on an internal recruiter who's only looking to fill internal roles from roles from internal candidates, mm. you know, to call you and say, hey, Tim, there's this role open on the other side of the company. You want to check that out and uh, use that to really improve retention and help talent mobility, help people move around uh, so they don't go somewhere else. Yeah. And so that's that's like a big, big trend I'm seeing right now. I don't think there are that many organizations that have quite figured it out, but I do think yeah. there are some that are close. Yeah. And I think that's something we're going to see a lot more of in the next five years. Yeah. And you're saying that that's probably, I mean, if we're talking about small, medium, large organizations do you think like that that's probably going to start with large large organizations with bigger opportunities yeah you're going yeah. to see that mostly with companies with say yeah. 10,000 plus employees yeah. um yeah. it might trickle down later i think that you know the way we might see it with smaller companies is for leaders to be more open minded with their employees to create a career mm. that allows them to do things that they want to do right kind of like yeah. the 20% time or like what yeah. are you curious about yeah. you know what different like what type of role do you want to create or do and not have people be so locked in yeah. to you one can define role because, that on the front end yeah 
Yeah, because the pace of change right yeah. now is faster than it's ever been before. And it's not slowing down. It's going to yeah. get faster yeah. and things are going to keep changing. So why would you want to keep somebody in one defined role when that job might not even exist in two years? You want yeah. them to be thinking about what else they can be doing. So I think the most forward thinking companies are going to be doing that. Nice, nice. Annie, thank you so much for your time with us today. What is the best way for folks to get in touch with you and connect with you on what you're doing? Oh man, Tim, you know, I'm everywhere. Um, I do want to offer a free resource. I've got a, a few free resources, including the five steps to owning your career and the top five most common career mistakes that people get, make. Uh, you can get those by going to my website, which is ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. Uh, I've got three podcasts, the talent development hot seat for those in talent development, uh, the own your career show to talk more about career stuff and my F NFT journey, if you're interested in the NFT world. Uh, and I'm active on all the social channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter for NFTs. So come find me and say, Hey, have you, have you, have you, uh, ventured into the TikTok world yet? I've, I've got TikTok. I've, I've put some videos up there, but I, I really haven't figured it out yet. I haven't spent yeah. that much time on it. I'm working yeah. on it. No worries. You can find Andy everywhere. I'm on All TikTok. You can go find me. I've done go a couple videos on it. They have not gone viral. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Mr. Meaningful Work Retain. We want to make sure that we are giving you the tips, the conversations, the perspectives um, to help you as HR and people leaders uh, create teams that are motivated to stay through through engagement and retention um, strategies. So we will catch you next time, everyone. We will see you. Have a good one. Woo -woo. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I would love to hear from you on what you found helpful from today's show. Or if you have someone in your network that you would like to recognize or spark, shoot me a message at Tim at MrMeaningfulWork.com or leave a comment on the show content on LinkedIn or send me a tweet at MrMeaningfulWork. That's work with no, with no O. Thank you again and go inspire someone today.